0: thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate owning has a special for home purchases where owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in apr is an unheard of 1.875 percent for a 15-year fixed mortgage with 20 percent down this is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that owning has ever done 1.875 percent rate in apr heck we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call 8332-OWNING or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332-OWNING now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS 2611, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice escrow and title services. Call 8332 8338- eight80066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332 owning or owning.com. Eight three three two owning or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your
2: podcasts.
0: The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard.
2: All right, welcome to the holiday edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins, kind enough to join me here on this show. Evan, uh, hopefully you're going to have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thanks for uh, stepping in. And just so you folks know, Evan's doing this on his office. That's a real team player right there, man. The Lions definitely need somebody
1: like you. Yeah, that's right. Well, as long as I keep uh, not having to deal with traffic in the morning, it will never be a problem.
2: You know that that is the one benefit of this whole COVID situation. There's been no traffic for a year. It's, it's been amazing. Someplace. I know it's it's gonna be weird when we go back to that, but um, yeah, let's let's jump right into this thing. And and, and you know what? Looking at college sports, it, there's many different ways to go, but I think the the team that's making the biggest splash. We're gonna go with them first. It's, it's Ben Mel Tucker and Michigan State's football team. Now. The team has opted out. The players opted out of playing in a bowl game. They, they they just said that, nah, you know what, enough's enough. They're ready to go home. They're ready to see their families. I understand that. Mel Tucker told the media that he wanted to play the game. So, you know, I, I thought it would have been good for Michigan State to get those bowl practices in. I thought it would have been good for Michigan State to actually, you know, get a little more cohesiveness with this team because, you know, they're still fighting for position battles. I mean, So far, you've had 11 players since November hit the transfer portal. Now, some of those guys are some big-name people. Uh, Julian Barnett and Devontae Dobbs, probably the two biggest names. Rocky Lombardi has also hit the transfer portal. portal. Ironically enough, the guy who got Michigan State, their two victories this year, he's going to be playing someplace else next year. Uh, Barnett and Dobbs already found a landing place. And in case people are like, why are they in Memphis, Probably had to do with uh, Brad Salem. He's the offensive coordinator at Memphis, so I'm quite sure he placed a phone call because he helped in recruiting those two guys and getting them to Michigan State. Where Rocky Lombardi is going to go, I don't know, but uh, 11 people, and I expect that number to go up probably to about 15, anywhere to 15 to 20 people, man, and a lot of the guys not necessarily hitting the transfer portals but just deciding they're going to end their collegiate career. At Michigan State, some had decided to go pro. Uh, Naquan Jones has put his name in. He's going to go pro. Uh, Shaq Brown's going to go pro. Big turnover. But I've been telling people Michigan State and Mel Tucker, he's going to flip this thing. He told you in the press conferences, I'm flipping this thing. And he's gone out. I expect him to get at least eight to 10 grad transfers or transfer people out of the portal. The portal giveth, the portal taketh away. So far, Evan, he's winning there, and he's made a splash with three different people. I expect more, but uh, right now he picked up a quarterback, Anthony Russo, from Temple. He has about a 60% completion rate. Um, he was injured and kind of lost out on his job. A lot of people are just flipping out because I don't know about you, Evan, but every person, especially Michigan State person, thinks that Uh, they're expecting to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields out of the transfer portal. It's like, guys, it doesn't work that way. You're not Alabama. You're not Oklahoma. You're not Ohio State where you get these top players. But I do think that you can get people who can fit your system. He has a 60% completion rate. Basically, if you look at his numbers, very similar to Peyton Ramsey, a guy a lot of Spartan fans wanted Michigan State to get last season, the Indiana quarterback who went to Northwestern. As you see, he led Northwestern to the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State. So uh, Anthony Russo's numbers, very similar to Peyton Ramsey's numbers while he was at Indiana.
1: Yeah, and what you have to like about Russo, too, is that he's played a lot of football at Temple. And so maybe Mel Tucker has seen it. As a placeholder, maybe he's seen it as, you know, a veteran guy to come and teach these young guys what it takes to, you know, compete at that level. Yes, Temple isn't an Alabama transfer QB that you want to get, right? right? But when you've played that much collegiate football, you've seen a lot, right? And Temple usually isn't an upper echelon team. So you would like to see that he's seen a lot of failures, a lot of mistakes, and is able to translate that on a better team to success. But he might not play. And like I said, that might be a leadership role that they're looking for him to take, too.
2: Yeah, and and here's the thing. I mean, Rocky Lombardi is gone, but I think he's going to be the only quarterback that hits the transfer portal. A lot of people were asking, what about Theo Day? And from what I've been told, the coaching staff really wants Theo Day to uh, work for that job this spring and and hash it out. Now, at the end of the spring, you could see, you know, one or two more guys go into the transfer portal, quarterbacks that is. But right now, you know, they said that, hey, Theo should compete for this job. They don't want him to leave. They don't want him to portal. And I I don't think it's a given that this job is going to go to Anthony Russo. I mean, you know. You saw what Peyton Thorne was able to do. I kind of wish that he was able to play in that, uh, you know, either in the uh, Minnesota game or the uh, the uh, the crossover game that they were going to – I mean, uh, that Maryland game. I was hoping that he would get to play in that game to see what he could do because I, I really, really wanted to see more tape on him, but the crossover game did not happen in in the final week. So the last thing we saw of him was a great half in Penn State, and then the second half, Penn State made adjustments. So I wanted to see what, what Thorne could do when given the opportunity to look at some film at himself and look at his mistakes. We didn't get that opportunity. But, yeah, Noah Kim also going to be there. Hamp Fay, the quarterback that they signed, he's going to be an early enrollee. So you're looking at five people competing for this quarterback job. And if, if Mel Tucker and his staff have shown me anything, they're just going for the best person they're they're not really respecting uh well who's been here the longest. I think whoever gets the job done of those five, like I said I expect uh, three. I think hamp Fay is safe. He's just gotten here. so worst case scenario you sit him for a year, but you start looking at uh, Noah Kim, you start looking at Theo day It's probably they may be the odd men out unless they have a tremendous spring practicing. You know, fingers crossed, We we you got to hope that with this COVID situation that we can get back to things being normal. But that's the quarterback situation for Michigan State right now. Rocky Lombardi out. I think they saw that Rocky was – Rocky – I don't want to diminish what he did, Evan, but Rocky was probably the ultimate band-aid for Michigan State. He got them where they needed to go this season, and now they can go forward – Here's the thing. Rocky's going to live in infamy like Kyler Ellsworth and and Jalen Watts-Jackson. He had the game against Michigan and the game against Northwestern. Nobody's going to ever forget the 323 yards and three touchdowns against Michigan at the big house and defeating them. And they were like 26-point underdogs. So, he'll never buy a drink. Spartan fans will, you know – He'll be revered. He'll be, like I said, he'll be up there with Jalen Watts Jackson, Kyler Ellsworth, his stop in the Rose Bowl. So, yeah, Rocky, will I think, will find a place. T- and, and, and he'll continue his career someplace else.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he'll be right there with Damian Terry and Tyler O'Connor against Ohio State and what they did. Yeah. And and he he wasn't – this is what Rocky was, right? We saw him at his best. We saw him at his worst. But his best still isn't – what's going to take you to the promised land, right? He's not necessarily going to win you too many games. The game that he won, you know, against Michigan, well, that was against a really, really bad Michigan team, (laughs) like a really, really bad team. Northwestern, on the other hand, was, you know, it was a pleasant surprise, but, you know, they jumped out to what, a 17-0 lead, and they almost blew it. Like, they would have in the past, which they didn't under Mel Tucker, so that was great, but... It will be interesting to see. And I know that we talked about it from episode one. We would know who next year's quarterback is based on the end of the year. And right now I feel we're further away from that answer <laughs> than we were closer yeah. to it.
2: No, nah, you're right. I, I thought that we would have had it was like, oh, yep, we're going into the spring. I, I would say Peyton Thorne is probably uh, the leader in the clubhouse as of now. Uh, but, yeah, bringing in Anthony Russo, the Temple transfer, I think if anything pushes Thorne and gives Michigan State a good, viable option. I mean, if this COVID time has taught you anything, you need depth, you need backup. Exactly. Because you got to be able to replace somebody. Next man up mentality. Um, like I said, we haven't, re- we don't know what Theo Day is going to do. We don't know what Noah Kim can do. And we don't know what Hamp Fay. Hamp Fay was a Texas QB. I think – Long-term, it's his job, but I don't know if he's ready for that. I don't know if he'll be that freshman phenom who can come in and lead a team immediately. So if I had to put money and place a bet on who's going to be the ultimate quarterback for Mel Tucker, I would put my money on Hamp Fay. And, look, th- this ain't me hyping him up like a Joe Milton type of thing, okay? So please don't sit there and say, oh, we heard on your podcast on the Five Star Zone you and Evan said he's going to be – no. I'm so saying you're
1: saying I he doesn't have term. as good of an arm as Patrick Mahomes?
2: I'm saying he probably <laughs> doesn't have the arm of Patrick Mahomes. He probably doesn't have the legs of Lamar Jackson. He probably doesn't have the smarts of you know a bunch of people of the time Tom Brady the and world. Joe Montana right. Com- combined. Right. I'm 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 not doing that, but I'm saying I think long term, because this is the first quarterback that they went out and hand selected. Uh, like I said, Russo, I think will be if Peyton Thorne is not quite there, if he can't make the adjustment, I think that they could go into next season with Russo and see what happens. And I think he still has two years left. And you got to almost look at the transfer portal as free agency. And like it or not, I mean, if a guy doesn't work out, you stick him back in the portal and see what happens. Uh, They also went out and got a running back. Now they lost uh, Aldrick Estime to Notre Dame. He got the Notre Dame offer, and he decided to sign early, and he's going going to Notre Dame. Michigan State got Harold Joyner, and he's a 6'3", 6'4", 215-pound running back from Auburn. Now, if this name sounds familiar, it should, Spartans fans, because a few years ago, he was the guy that Spartans thought that they were going to get, that Mark D'Antonio thought, oh, my goodness, they they really were going to get that. But um, in the end... He ended up choosing between LSU and Auburn. He went to Auburn. He was he sat behind a good running back backfield. He opted out this year because a lot of people were like, "Well, he didn't even play." Look at his numbers, guys. Don't be stupid. He opted out. And one of the biggest problems, and talking and I, and I did a lot of calls to a lot of people who I know who covered Auburn and covered the SEC. One of the biggest gripes that they had was. He didn't play enough. Gus Malzone wasted this kid's talent. They didn't play him. And, you know, we, we've we heard we've seen that before where, you know, I mean, we would get angry at, at Mark D'Antonio. Like, well, how come he doesn't play this kid? How come he doesn't play this kid? I think this kid could be good, and he never did. I mean, I, I remember, like, D'Anthony Arnett. I always thought he should have got a shot, but for some reason he never did. That was Harold Joyner for Auburn. So all the Auburn folks are saying, hey, you guys got to steal in this kid. And I think that coming in, Evan, he's the best running back in the room. Uh, I think he's going to be – put it this way. Uh, if you team him up with um, with Jordan Simmons, I think you got a nice one-two combo. Or maybe even Elijah Collins. Depends on, you know, if if, if Collins goes back to what he was his freshman year. But to, he's an upgrade over Connor Haywood. Think of everything that Connor Haywood did, except for now look at somebody who's bigger, faster, and stronger. And now when you throw a screen pass to Harold Joyner, it goes for more than four yards. When you line him up at a receiver and he catches the ball, he could break a tackle and go a little bit further. So, yeah, this was a major coup, I think, that Mel Tucker got in getting Harold Joyner.
1: Well, yeah, because essentially what you're doing is you're getting yourself another back the size of Le'Veon Bell. I'll never forget the first time I saw him as a freshman, and I said, that's a linebacker. So when you have a kid that's that size, I mean, I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, so calm down, but bigger backs that have speed excel in college football. And, you know, as long as the O-line is there to give them just a a little bit of help because you can't do it all on your own, that's going to be huge. And I feel like towards the end of the year for Michigan State, their O-line did play better.
2: They did. And and we're gonna to get to that in a second. But yeah, Joyner can play running back, he can play H back, he can play wide receiver, you could put him in a slot. So many different things. I think this was this shows me that that Tucker realized, man, my offense blew. My defense was great. I gotta do better at the running back spot. You did with Harold Joyner. Um and by the way, from what I understand, he was coming to Michigan State regardless of what the uh what S Time did going to Notre Dame. Uh he had pretty much uh, from what my gathering, he had committed to come to state, and they were just waiting to make things official. So you were going to get two backs coming in. Best case scenario, you got one back coming in. So uh, he really wanted to make that change. I, do, I
1: have but- one question about that. Do you mm-hmm. think – I want to phrase this through the correct way. If Mel Tucker was the original recruiter of this young man, would he have come to Michigan State? Um –
2: You know what? Probably not, because I think the allure of playing in the SEC is something. But when he got there, he wasn't playing, and I think he got frustrated. When he touched the ball, he did things. He just – he didn't play. You know, sometimes you fall out of favor with with coaching staff and members of the staff. So I look at this, and I I think Tucker possibly could have, but I think he would have had to have a better body of work, Mm -hmm. whereas now – Joyner sees – I mean, he's not stupid. He's looking at the running back room saying, oh, hell, I can go there. And I, I, not only can I start, I can I can be a playmaker. I can be a difference maker in the Big Ten. Yep. Because, as you said, you're a big back. The Big Ten, like it or not, I mean, I know we want to do all the passing and play seven-on-seven seven football. But the Big Ten is really about can you run the ball. Because once that weather gets cold, all it, it's why Maryland is only good – until the weather gets cold. Because after that, they can't run the ball because they do all the little trick and gadget plays. So we'll have to wait and see what Joyner does, but I think that was a great pickup. You spoke about the offensive line, and they picked up a third guy, Jared Horst of Arkansas State. He uh, I guess he's going to be a projected right tackle. Texas, Oklahoma, Florida State, Baylor, Texas Tech, all wanted to get in on this kid, all wanted him there. The beauty of getting Jared is um, he was a second-team all-Sun Belt Conference person. He was on the Outland Trophy watch list, 6'6", 315 pounds, big guy. If you haven't noticed, Mel Tucker's going for big on the offensive and defensive line. This kid is ready to go. The beauty of this, Evan, he has up to three years, so you've just got half of your book in tackles. Now you can move people back to their right spots. You got the right tackle. Now you just got to come up with the left tackle and improve the rest of the line. But you got somebody who can help. And as you said, the offensive line actually got better as the year went on. Now I think, you know, looking at this, bringing him in, that's going to help. And honestly, if I'm Tucker, I may be looking to find a left tackle too, even if it's just for a guy for one year. You, Because the offensive line was, it got better but it was probably one of the weakest links of this team where where you you just clearly saw that, man, they, they couldn't, when they needed to move the ball, it, it was kind of frustrating. They couldn't pick up that, that yard. And, and some of it could have been with the skilled players. I think a lot of it, I think it was a combination of the skilled players and the O-line and the quarterback, just it wasn't there. They didn't have that cohesiveness that you saw on the defensive side of the ball, but Jared Horst, Good pickup for him. So, uh, also uh, when it comes to um, the recruiting class, I don't think they're done. I'm looking at them probably going to get at least two more people signing in the late signing period. Uh, Michael, uh, my skin, mylinski. Yeah, I think Michael, Mal- Michael, my, yeah. Let's just go, Michael, mylinski. Mas- Mas- there we go, Michael, mylinski. Uh, center, originally committed to. Texas, and with the turmoil going on, he decided to decommit from Texas. Uh, Three to four-star center, depending on what uh, service you use, but this is a position of need for Michigan State. Look at him to possibly sign with the Spartans. He's getting a lot of crystal balls on the uh, 24-7 website. Rayshawn Benny committed to Michigan State. Offensive lineman and defensive lineman from Oak Park top 100 kid and he did not sign he said he wanted to finish out his career in high school but he would sign there was a lot of speculation that oh he's going to end up going to michigan well he kind of put that speculation to an end and says i don't know i got michigan people calling me i got michigan commits and coaches calling me but i listened to what they have to say but i'm signing with michigan state come february so that's pretty much the end of discussion uh he's their highest-ranked player coming in. So, Spartan fans, you can sit back. Don't worry about it. Rayshon Benny says he is signing with Michigan State. So, you look to see two more people added to that class. And then, also, you'll probably see a couple more people leaving hitting that transfer portal. It's going to be a different team. Uh, hopefully, Evan, we can see the spring and see what happens because, man, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see – you know, what Mel Tucker's going to do during the spring, what changes he's going to make, how is he going to get this thing going. And, uh, you know, let's hope that we can have some fall football going down.
1: Yeah, and and what I like the most about it is I'm always going to be a Mark D'Antonio apologist because of what he did for Michigan State. And I like to see for Mel Tucker, it seems like he is building his team the same way that D'Antonio's teams were dominant, right? What I mean by that. Good run game, dominant offensive line, and a great defense, right? And the only difference that I'm seeing, which I love, is that Mel Tucker is also not afraid to take chances down the field. You know what I mean? Mark D'Antonio, you were getting maybe one or two a game, maybe. Mel Tucker and his offensive staff aren't afraid to test the other team's corners, to test that other team's weakness. So I feel if there's a game where they think that they can pound it 40 times and and win the game, that's what they'll do. But I think that they're also very aware that, hey, if their cornerbacks are weak, we're going to attack, and that's how we're going to beat them. And so I think that's where the major difference between Mark D'Antonio and Mel Tucker are, is that Mark D'Antonio, he was going at his game plan one way, and that was the only way, right, where I feel – Mel Tucker, he will adapt, but he has the same fundamentals with how he wants to build his team.
2: Yeah, and and, and I, I also yeah, you're right. I mean, because I, I think that he'll adapt. I think if he finds out, you know what, I got great receivers, we're gonna go, we're gonna throw the ball a lot. Right, if I got a great running game, we're gonna pound the ball. It's not just okay. I got to fit this square peg in a round hole. So I want to see what next year brings. Uh, I set six and six. As the bar for him, sure you should be able to come in here. You've shown that you can beat difficult teams, so you know beat the teams you're supposed to beat. Maybe steal a game or two. The 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 seal. I mean, I guess the floor is six and six. Anything I, other I than that, and I, and I would consider this next season a failure. Um, speaking of failures, um, the hot mess that is coming out of Ann Arbor, I, I it, it's almost comical. I. I just sit back and you wonder who and or what are they trying to do? What's happening? I'm assuming, you know, Don Brown gets fired. We saw that coming. It looks like they're going to be more coaching uh, staff of Michigan getting fired, which leads me to believe that Harbaugh is back. I don't know to what capacity he's going to be back. I don't know how long. Is he just going to finish out this contract? Evan, the more they stay silent, I mean, I guess it's their prerogative, but this this is – I don't know what they're doing. But, man, this has the – this has all the signs of just an epic Titanic-like disaster if they can't pull a rabbit out of the hat.
1: I mean, okay, so the news dump on Don Brown came yesterday, what, around 6 o'clock or so? Yeah. Give or take. And that came from Ben Feldman, who was the first one to report. Well, no,
2: no, no. It came around. No, it actually came during the show. So So
1: was it around 5, 4 o'clock, something like that? 4.30. Yeah, around 4.30. So it's a report. Michigan is yet to confirm said report, right? Which you would think is weird because, you know, leaders and best and so on and so forth. They would do the things the right way. And. The thing that, okay, I get Don Brown shouldn't have been the head guy anymore, right? But that should have happened two years ago. And if you ask me, much of Jim Harbaugh's success that came early on is only because of Don Brown, because his defenses were so good against those teams that they would just purely dominate. It was never the offense that was killing teams, right? When they beat Rutgers 78 to nothing. That's because the, dom- the defense just dominated and gave him short fields over and over. So Don Brown is a scapegoat. I don't know if you ever sat back and watched the Amazon series, um, All yeah. or Nothing, which it ended up being more nothing than all, but you watch and see Jim Harbaugh motivate his players. He's talking about how he didn't want free ice cream as a kid and how those kids should be the same, and I'm like, well, we would all take the free ice cream. I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. But then you see Don Brown. Firing these guys up, and I'm like, I feel like that's where the motivation came from, not the dude that's, you know, wearing his weird mask and everything. The problem lies with Jim Harbaugh, and they're going to keep that problem. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. I mean, this is make very any sense Wayne. To me.
2: Evan is very Wayne font esque. I'm going to fire all my assistants because it is not my fault. And but it is but because now, you hired all those guys. That's the problem. Yeah. You're now going to go, what, in year seven, I think, yeah, now you're going to be on your, what, fourth? Uh, yeah, I think you're going to be on your fourth defensive coordinator now. So, yeah. Well, okay, so if,
1: if you're looking for a job right now, you're a defensive coordinator, and you, you're going to have to take a lateral job going to Michigan, right, knowing right. that your window of opportunity is what there, three to four years?
2: Yeah, well, I think the the rumor is Derek Mason, the former Vanderbilt coach, who's just you know he's got the nice little buyout from Vandy, so I think for him it's kind of going into rehabilitation. Now, if so, I were okay. him, so I I'd try and take, get a job with you have to take. I try and get a failed. job with Alabama. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I would get a job at Alabama because Alabama coaching rehab, that's, that's like Malibu passages for coaches. Well, like, I mean, yeah, any of them. Steve the
1: Sarkeesian, any, anyone that's had problems has gone there and succeeded. Look at Lane Kiffin. I mean, whoever it might be, that's where you go to get your rise again. You don't go to right. Michigan to get your rise again, even though no. I did just see that um, Jed Fish is now the head coach of the Arizona football, uh, Wildcats.
2: Oh, he got the job?
1: Yeah. He went from Patriots oh. QB coach to Arizona, but I just' oh. I just wonder like Josh Gaddis hasn't made your team any better how How is his job safe? You know what I mean? I feel their offense was almost better pre Josh Gaddis
2: it was, and yeah, it's there's no organization there's no they're they're just kind of whistling past the graveyard best way i could put it and hoping that things go right and and hopes on the strategy i see an epic collapse for this team i i I don't think this is going to be good next year i i i really don't i don't know where they're going i don't know how you're going to pull this thing together i don't see how they're going to get better i don't i see un right it's unorganized from the top down you're right this is not Don Brown's fault. Now this defense was god awful.
1: And, and it totally but, was. But yet again, where is the head coach to be like, dude, we got to make adjustments, right? You're right. you're 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 the captain of the ship. And so if one guy like okay, so I kind of put it like with the Lions, right? What they just did with Daryl Bevel and Brandon Coombs. Brandon Coombs goes against the interim coach, right? You're gone. You're done, right? You go against me, you're done. But in my opinion, From what I have seen, from all or nothing, from uh, the moment Jim Harbaugh and Don Brown got here, that Don Brown wasn't going to take Jim Harbaugh's crap. Right? It was I'm doing this my way, and that just can't be how it is within a big organization, right? Because that's one place that preaches what the team, the team, the team. Mm -hmm. And so if I mean, and I could be wrong there. Harbs might be like, hey, we got to do zone, whatever, blah blah blah. But you still need control over that, right? Yeah, you're right. And so the blame should be on the head guy. And why he will remain here is because of is it
2: cowardly that they don't want to do it? It's no, it's Michigan arrogance. It's he's uh he's he's Bo's captain.
1: Okay, well Bo, Bo that was like in the
2: eighties, dude. Yeah, Bo's dead people. I, I hate to break the news to you. And this Michigan team is is on life support. This is not going to end well. This is, tr- Trust me, as I've stated before, the biggest indictment is you should be upset that Buckeye fans and Spartan fans and Big Ten fans all want this man to come back. You, you don't want Michigan to change up because they may actually get better. I don't see them getting better at all. I see this thing going full Hindenburg next year and just crashing and burning. Here's what saved you. Same thing that's really kind of saved the Lions. There were no fans in the stand. You didn't get to hear the booze. You didn't get to see the signs. You didn't get to see people walking out. You didn't get to see the disgust and disdain from your fan base. You heard about it online, but you're like, I don't read that stuff. I don't listen to that stuff. That's not true, Michigan fans. You saw it at the end of Brady Hoke that the Michigan fans had just said enough's enough. They were giving away tickets if you bought Coke cans. You didn't get that this year. I think next year with people back in the stands, you're going to see the fans basically revolt and say you got to get rid of this man. Yeah, well, but,
1: you're you're in Michigan close circles arrogance. and I, and I and I wonder. So most of my friends, I don't I don't think there's any that are the true Michigan fan that still want Jim Harbaugh.
2: Are there people in that no, they're not. that yes. really
1: do want
2: him there? Big time donors. The people really? with the money. The people the people who want to hear the stories that Jim can tell. But wouldn't those be the, the people that people. get pissed off most? Nah, man, because Jim's telling them the romanticized stories about hey, I remember when Bo came in the locker room one time and said this and Well, I go remember, talk to Jamie Morris. He'll tell you that crap. Bro, like this is This is where we are right now. It just –
1: I I don't know. It just utterly blows my mind. And I want – okay, so this is going to sound real weird because I have despised the University of Michigan and their fans and their teams for as long as I can remember. But they need to be good for my despise to still be there, right? It's kind of hard to –
2: You know what? I'm going to say not really because – the basketball team under the Amaker and Ellerbee years, that was still fun, despising them, and they <laughs> sucked. I, I can't lie and be like, oh, well, I need it. Now, Beeline made it hard, and it was like, oh, my God. Well, because he was such
1: a it. genuinely good dude, right? No well, matter Well, and his what teams were, were so good, good,
2: and it was just like, right. It wasn't an automatic W when you played them. I mean, I remember the year they lost to him, what, three times that year? <laughs> like, oh, my God.
1: God. For the year that Trey Burke ripped Keith Appling, and right. But those were great games, and, and you had to respect them because they were doing everything the right way. John Beeline was never going to say a negative thing about the team he was playing against. Nothing backhanded, nothing that you could even read the wrong way. You know what I mean? So it was like, damn, they're 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 actually really good. But this, mis- I I just okay. So they got. A pretty good recruiting class, right? Michigan, it is what it is. They do it every year, whether you're Rich Rod, Brady Hoke, Evan Jenkins is your coach, right? You're going to get right. a good recruiting class because that block M, because that little jump man, because everything that you're being sold from 1966 to 2021, right? But will those kids be able to buy in? Because I feel like what they're – are being told as recruits is completely different the moment they step foot on campus.
2: Yeah, I mean they these guys think that they're going to be the savior. JJ McCarthy's, it starts with us. I mean, guys, and
1: we've heard that how many times?
2: Yeah. Um too many times. That could start from day this, 1, by the way. No. It, if you start him at day 1, Like I said, this this could go from Titanic to straight Hindenburg. (laughs) This is just – they're setting themselves up. And here's the thing, nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Nobody's going to pull their punches. You're going to have people, just like this year, utterly try to destroy you. Oh, yeah. You lost to Michigan State and Indiana. Like, say what you want about the COVID situation, you didn't want any of the Big Ten smoke. Because they were waiting for you. Iowa was waiting in the crossover game. <laughs> Ohio State was waiting for you in, in the final game. Hell, Maryland wanted a piece of you. Mike Loxley didn't forget the whole, oh, wait, who, who, who ran the plays at Alabama? O- okay, Gaddis, we'll see who ran the plays at Alabama. you telling people those are your calls. You've pissed off a lot of people, and a lot of people want their pound of flesh. And, yeah, they don't get this thing right. Good luck. Not going to end
1: well whatsoever. Okay, so right here, right now, Jim Harbaugh is going to, A, get a contract extension, B, walk away, or C, other. What could that other be?
2: I'm going to go with a combination of A and C. I think he'll get a contract extension, but I don't know if he's going to be the head coach come fall. I think Michigan is praying that some NFL team just – does the heavy lifting and the dirty work for them and steals him away. But it ain't really stealing if you leave the door and the gate open with a sign saying he's right here. Please take him. Take him take him. Gosh. So
1: it's so yeah it blows my mind too because it's like it seems they're trying to protect their guy, right? Even though Brady Hoke was their guy and they ran him out, right? But this is the same Jim Harbaugh when he was at Stanford. Just crushed you guys for your academic standards. But now that he's there, who cares, right? Yeah. So that's, that's where the loyalty bothers me. I get what he did. But look at the Detroit Pistons. He did not do more for University of Michigan than what Joe Dumars did for the Detroit Pistons. Period. And you'll never convince me of that. And they ran that man out of town and has yet to step foot back at lca or the palace before it went away the, the building he helped build but jim harbaugh who has won nada nothing oh well he was an inch short on an ohio state game but guess what it's a game of inches Man. i just don't get what they're afraid of what is he going to talk crap about you if you fire him no because he's not that guy anymore you know what i mean
2: no, I, it, I just Evan, don't get what correct. the negative is. It's just, it's it's it, you sever your ties with the past. And this whole, this whole, whoa,
1: what else are we gonna get, dude? There's programs everywhere that get new coaches that excel, right? Right, everywhere. Yeah, but just at Michigan, you can't get anybody better.
2: Come on. Well, here's the thing, as I've stated. The programs that actually severed from the past did well. Alabama got away from Bear Bryant. Yeah. Ohio State got away from Woody. Look what happened. I you mean, know what? Penn State people are got away from Joe Nick Paterno. Saban. Yeah, you're right. They got away from Joe. You got away from the the past, and your team accelerated. Now Nick Saban is good. Their kids who growing up like who who Bear who what is Bear? I don't. Is that the dude from ESPN that does the picks? Right. No. Right. right. They know Nick Saban. And their kids are like, yeah, Urban Meyer was the guy at Ohio State. Who, or Jim Trestle, heck. screw. Right. Who's
1: that? And so, they and you move yeah. on. And it's just the longer they keep him there, the worse it's going to get. I don't think he he woke up today on December 23rd and was like, you know what? I figured it out. I know exactly what I need to do to win. It didn't happen. I can guarantee you that. So,
2: so yeah. So that's uh, that's what's going on. That's the holiday edition. We really didn't get a chance to get into basketball, but uh, Big Ten season starting. Michigan State hoping to rebound from uh, a, a bad loss against Northwestern. Though we don't know if it's a bad loss. All I know is Boo Booey. Just my goodness. If he only played just, Michigan
1: State, he'd be the first pick in the draft.
2: He would. <laughs> I mean, two games against michigan state he scored damn near 60 points Dude, it, it, it's unbelievable year he just this year.
1: he's he's out there raining threes from anywhere and they don't even touch the rim but if you ask me that's one of those izzo games where tom sees his team got down early and he said you know what screw it we're gonna learn from this and that's how i've always seen an early i don't think that loss. i don't think
2: that was the case i no. think he really wanted to win but He had a game where Rocket Watts went ice cold. Joey Hauser, ice cold. Aaron Henry struggled. Josh Lankford fouls out with, like, 18 minutes left in the game. And he
1: was the only one hitting shots.
2: Right. So, yeah. Uh, Hopefully they can bounce back from that. They got uh, Wisconsin on Christmas Day, and then the Big Ten season will kick in. We'll talk – a lot of Big Ten basketball, and upcoming podcast. But uh, we'll leave it right here for now. We'll see what happens. Michigan folks, I don't know what to tell you. If there's no change, this ain't me being a, a cynical Sparty. I, I see disaster waiting for you next season. Everything is lining up that this is not going to end well. We got to see what Mel Tucker, you know, he's playing the mad scientist right now. We'll see if uh, he can come up with some concoction to get them back to Indianapolis. So, Evan Jenkins, Ooh, Rico Beard.
1: I want to ask you one question, Rico.
2: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Can't sorry. let Go this ahead. slip by
1: because we were on the topic of transfers within the Big Ten, right? I'm going to ask it's a simple question, and it's just going to be a yes or no. Will we see a bigger slash better transfer into the Big Ten in the next five years than Justin Fields?
2: Who um I don't know, man. Looking at Sermon, Trey Sermon in that Big Ten Championship game. Unbelievable. He right? ended up with five hundred yards <laughs> rushing. Yeah, I think you will. I I think it'll probably go to Ohio State. Trey Sermons left. Uh he was buried in the backfield at Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think you will. I think you'll get somebody uh right up there with Justin Fields or better. I I do think that, yeah. I'll say yes. Uh probably end up at Ohio State. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you're Michigan State, you're you're hoping that Harold Joyner can be a fraction of what Trey Sermons was to Ohio State. Exactly. would of like that. So so yeah. All right. Uh and Evan, I guess we gotta wait till next year to see the script State Helmets in football. So but I can apparently wait. Apparently they're coming. All right. For Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Have a uh, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy New Year to you guys. Evan, are we going to do this next week or are we going to take a week off? You tell me. I'm in. You're so I'm,
1: I'm here next week. So All
2: right, screw it. We'll do it next week. That's so right. We don't Merry stop, Christmas man. And, and we'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.
0: Thinking of buying a house and want a really low interest rate? Owning has a special for home purchases where Owning pays all your closing costs and the rate in APR is an unheard of 1.875% for a 15 year fixed mortgage with 20% down. This is the craziest low rate for a mortgage with no closing costs that Owning has ever done. 1.875% rate in APR. Heck, we're almost paying you to live in a new house. Call eight three three two Owning or go to owning.com to see if you qualify for this crazy low 1.875% rate. That's a fixed rate loan at 1.875% with no closing costs. Call 8332 Owning now because 1.875 could go away at any time. NMLS twenty six eleven, licensed by the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act, subject to credit approval. Offer assumes the use of lender's choice escrow and title services. Call 8- 2385880066 for terms and conditions. That's 8332owning or owning.com. 8332owning or owning.com. Hi, I'm John Meacham, the host of Cadence 13's new podcast, Fate of Fact, on how America and its political parties got to where we are today. Available now on Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts.